Section number 35 of Pantrophion. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. Pantrophion by Alex Soyer. The Servants all the opulent families had a great number of servants or slaves whose low extraction the chances of war or the parental will subjected to the caprices of the rich as a mere thing possessed a right a property they were known like the slaves of the jews in former times by their ears which were pierced with an awl an ineffaceable stigma which always reminded the free man of his former humiliation. The slave was also often marked with a hot iron on the back, the hands, the cheeks, or the forehead, and the characters thus imprinted served the master as an evidence against his fugitive servant in whatsoever place he might find him. It is perhaps similar marks that the prophet Zechariah makes allusion when he says, What are these wounds in thy hands? Platus, whose comic vein respects neither the power of the gods nor the sanctity of misfortune, calls these unfortunate creatures lettered slaves. Service vituros. A house of any note could not do without a crowd of servants, to whom the steward, dispenser, apportioned the labor, the food, and the chastements. In a lodge near the vestibule was, was the porter, Osterius, whose watchful eye observed every one who went in or out by day or night. They made sure of his vigilance by chaining him to his place. The hall, atrium, was guarded by an intelligent and confidential servant, whose functions raised him above the other slaves. The atriensis, such was his designation, had the care of the arms, trophies, precious furniture, and books which adorned this apartment. He had also to take extreme care of the paintings and wax figures that preserved from the motives of vanity or by a sentiment of respect, and it was he who carried the images of venerated ancestors before the funeral procession of the head of the family when, in his turn, death had numbered him with the prognators. The obstinator bought in the markets the meat, fruit, and delicacies necessary for the repasts. The vocators carried the invitations, received the guests, and placed them at a table according to their rank. These functions required a particular kind of urbanity with long experience on the part of the individual who fulfilled them. The arrangement, the keeping in order, and adornment of the table couches belong exclusively to the cubicari valets. These servants are mentioned in Suetonius and other ancient authors. 
The Caesars had a great number of Cublicari who obeyed one particular chief. The Dapifiri brought the dishes into the dining room, and other nomenclatures, nomenclatures immediately informed the guests of the names and qualities of the things which which they were going to be served. The structor arranged the dishes symmetrically. The Caesar carver cut up the meats to the sound of musical instruments, of which he followed the measure. Finally, young slaves, prosatories, served the guests attentively and poured out their drink. Those chosen for this employment were fine, beardless, adolescent youths with a fresh complexion, whose long silky hair fell in curls over the shoulders. A wide riband which went twice round the waist confined their fine white tunic, a light graceful vestment which descended in front to the knees and behind hardly covered the hamstring. While the guests, softly reclining on their table couches, were enjoying the agreeable surprise reserved for them by an amiable and trifolon, slaves, Sandy Gurli, attended to their sandals, and fastened them on the moment of departure. Others, Fabulari, armed with fans of peacock feathers, drove away the flies and cooled the banqueting hall. The banquet terminated. Servants with torches and lanterns, adversatories, conducted their masters home and pointed out to them the stones that might be lying in their path and with repeated libations might have prevented their visual organs from discovering. We must not admit, in this nomenclature of the principal servants of a good house, the taster, progustor, who tasted or tried the viands before the guests touched them, nor the chief steward, triclincharts, and director of the repast, who had to occupy himself with the infinity of details in the kitchen, the cellar, the pantry, the buffet, and the dining room. In living synthesis of these multiplied services, he performed them all himself. The least negligence, the slightest absence of mind on his part would have ruined the reputation, utterly marred the sumptuous hospitality of his master. Never did the general of any army tremble under the weight of a responsibility so redoubtable. Proselytories, or cup-bearer, an officer whose duty was to fill and present the cup to the king and princes, this charge was known in Egypt, and the ancients transformed Ganymede into a cup-bearer to the gods. Charlemagne had master cup-bearers. These officers signed royal charters, and kept rank amongst the great officers of state. The head one took the title of Eusenson to the king, of master, premier, or great Eusenson. In the 15th century, the Eusacons exercised their functions only on the coronations, marriages, and entries of kings and queens. Louis XVIII re-established the office of Premier Eusacon. It was abolished in 1830. 
There was, moreover, a class of miserable, obscure, despised slaves, whose useful labors rendered them necessary, and who were treated much the same as beasts of burden. This order of subaltern servants were composed of the Leticarii, they carried the elegant palaquin in which the haughty matron of the noble senator were conveyed to the banqueting hall, the stokers, Focari, who cut the wood, lighted, and attended to the fires, the sweepers, Scopari, whose indefatigable activity kept the apartments and furniture clean, the washers, Penticuli, with a sponge and cloth they cleaned the precious tables which adorned the conicillum or dining-room. Sometimes also they had to lay the covers. This rapid sketch will enable the reader to form a sufficiently correct idea of the comfort and luxury which prevailed among the Romans, and of which the Greeks set them the example. It is hardly necessary to remark that the cupbearers, stewards, carvers, and other household officers, whose names belong to modern Europe, perform functions analogous to those which similar servants performed formerly in Italy, but these last were debased by the stigma of slavery, and degraded by long habit, whilst the others were citizens. End of section 35. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C.